This is Gigi Sabat, and you're listening to the Walk With Me podcast. My guest today is Judy. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Such an honor to have you here today. Now, why don't you start off by telling us more about you and where are you from? I'm Judy Schwingle. I'm a former nurse of 40 years who had a reawakening of wanting to serve people in a different way about five years ago. I live in upstate New York, Finger Lakes region, just below Canandaigua Lake. Lots of beautiful scenery and wineries, great vacation spots. So, but I'm, I'm not being paid for the advertisement. So. I love it. <laughs> now, I'd love to talk up to, with you about the epileptic seizures. Tell us a little bit more about it. When I was an infant, about eight months old, I started having grand mal seizures. Those are the classic fitful seizures that you, un, un, most people understand, along with what they call petty mal seizures. Those are staring absent seizures where you are just staring and blinking, but you are not conscious. My parents at the time, because of the era that it was, it was in the early 60s, were advised because of the frequency of my seizures and difficulty the doctors were having with controlling them with medication. They were advised by not only friends and family and even doctors and medical professionals that I should probably be institutionalized because the thought of the day and that era was people with epilepsy one were social pariahs. It was an, it was a visually unpleasant thing to witness and families often institutionalized their children because they didn't want to be known as having a child with epilepsy. Um, it also was believed that these children would not learn, they would not be able to read, write, or function in society. My mother was, you know, a stubborn Scottish woman, and she just said, absolutely not. This is my child. She will be with me no matter what. And at age of school age, um, further testing was done for me and it was discovered that not only did I have frequent seizures, I had to have, because you never ever it, dyslexia and visual perception disorders where things are just not seen in the normal way. So again, educators told her um, she's not going to be able to read or write properly. The dyslexia, she's going to write things backwards, see things backwards. You might as well get her a typewriter. And parents didn't accept it. Now, these are parents that neither one of them went past the eighth grade because they were depression era children themselves. And they had to leave school to help family farm or take care of family members. So mom just said, no, I will teach her how to write. That's one thing that I learned well and so she sat me down at the table almost every night drawing circles doing different things with my hand to orient me I as a dyslexic child I 
didn't learn phonics and so forth. I literally memorized the spelling of words. And because of that, now I'm like a Webster's Dictionary. The family and friends all say, how do you spell this? And it's just a memorized. Thing. So, But the epilepsy continued until I was about age seven. But what it instilled in me was that, you know, I... I had to fight and and really work at belonging because the thought was I didn't belong in society, so I had to overcompensate by being a good student, being a good child, and so forth. I decided after, because I was in the hospital frequently as a young child, that I wanted to go into the medical field. When I told my guidance counselor this in high school, I was again told, no, you're not smart enough. Um, you, your grades aren't good enough. You'll never make it. You know, your disabilities will be a problem. And again, I was told I couldn't do something. But my mother's spirit instilled in me this, don't tell me I can't do something because I'm going to turn around and do it. I became a nurse because of that deflection and the fact that my parents were blue collar people and didn't have the funds to send me to medical school. And went through different forms of nursing. I worked in the hospital. I worked in doctor's offices for about 13 years. I worked seven years in prison. And the first day that I stepped on the grounds of that prison, were very emotional for me because why was it emotional the prison location had been converted from the former state of new york epilepsy association which was the institution that my parents would have placed me in had they listened to the authorities and the friends and so forth of the day and I just was in awe walking on those grounds, looking at the cottages they had still in place and thinking, had I been placed here, I would have been institutionally delayed because no one would think I could do any better. I, the irony while I was there was I completed my bachelor's degree and was promoted to a uh, regional position out of the capital. I later went on to leave that position and worked in the Department of Veterans Affairs where I received a dual master's degree. So it's not lost on me that the opinions of others and the preconception of others of what people can do because of societal norms, because of education's ignorance at the time, um, they really instill an overcomer spirit in me, and I really have a passion and heart for others who are either disenfranchised or thought less than because of a physical, mental, emotional, or learning um, challenge. So. That's, that's 
Christmas story. I love it. <laughs> Very powerful. Now, what is your best advice to the audience for walking with purpose and living a life of happiness? Oh, walking with purpose. And it just gives me goosebumps when I think about it. My entire life, I think, was set up for me. I am a woman of faith and have been for many years. And I look back on my life experiences and challenges as my greatest gifts because they prepared me to be right exactly where I am. So to walk in purpose for me is to follow the path God has laid before you, uh, take those unique doors that open. I never would have worked in a prison. You know, that was not on my list of things to do in my career, but it was that moment that God really sent me to. Um, so work, walking in purpose, listening to that inner spirit and light that we're all inherently given. And when that draws you in a direction or sparks a fire in you, that is part of the spirit giving you the message, go, go in this direction. You can fight it. I've tried. <laughs> and what we, what was a nudge became shoved. So uh, that's walking in purpose. And when you walk in your purpose, your spirit is lit up and your, your love of life and people and is just magnified. Amen. Walk in your God-given purpose. Very powerful statement. And Judy, thank you for being a guest on the Walk With Me podcast. Now, where can the audience find you? I have a website, heartandsoulhlc.com. I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Um, Instagram is JS Heart and Soul HLC. And my Facebook page is JS Heart and Soul Health and Life Coaching, and I do a weekly live uh, for a Facebook group called The Broken Path, and that is for women who have been, you know, kind of affected by life-altering um, changes in their lives or circumstances, and their path in life has been disrupted. Thank you, Judy. Mm -hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure to check out Judy on her website. That's heartandsoulhlc.com. That's heart, N as in Nancy, soul, H as in Hector, L as in Larry, C as in Charlie.com. And Judy, thank you again for being a guest on the Walk With Me podcast. You are welcome. And thank you so much for all that you do. Thanks. Thank you. God bless. God bless you.